Today's daf is Kafdalid and Masachet Ta'anit. We'll begin on daf Kafkimil Amud Bet. We are on the bottom line, the very last line of Kafkimil Amud Bet. Rabbi Yossi Baravin, Havashachiach Kamed Rabbi Yossi Dimin Yokrat. Rabbi Yossi Baravin used to learn regularly before Rabbi Yossi Dimin Yokrat Shavkei. He ended up leaving him. Vatal Kamed Ravashin. He came to study with Ravashin instead. Yomachad Shameedek Hagaris. And one day he heard, and the way there's two different interpretations in the Rashi here, um, we're going to take the one that seems to flow the most smoothly. One day he heard Rav Ashi telling over Halacha, Amar Shmuel, that Shmuel said, Hasholet dag minayam b'shabbat, if a person takes a uh, fish out of the water on Shabbat, kevan shiavejbo kesela, chayav. If you see that it, there's a dry spot on the skin of the uh, fish, the size of a cell, a certain coin, chayav, then he's liable for killing the fish on Shabbat. That's shechita. He killed the fish because it will not be able to recover after that much dryness on its skin after being taken out of the water. Amalei. And so uh, when he heard this, when, uh, when Rabbi Yossi Baravin heard Rav Ashi say this, he said, shouldn't the master say, it has, it, that's only true. If it's between the fins of the fish that the dry spot is found, but if it's found somewhere else on the body of the fish, that doesn't necessarily indicate that the fish is uh, is now dead. Amar and Ravashi said back to him, Don't you hold Don't you maintain that that statement, that qualification of Shmuel's teaching, that the location of the dry spot on the fish has to be between the fins of the fish, was said by Rabbi Yossi ben Rabbi Avin. You can't just say that on your own. Right, Amarle Ananiu. He said, "That's me. I am Rabbi Yosi Bar Rabbi Avin." So Amarle said to him, "Velav kamei Rabbi Yosi ben Deminok Yochkurat Avshchiach Mor." Wasn't the master learning up until now with Rabbi Yosi Demin Yochkurat? Why are you here? Amarle said to him, "And yes, you're right. I used to be learning with him, but I changed." Amarle Umai Taamei Shavakei Mor Vatachas. So then, why did you leave him and come here? He says, "Amarle Gavrad Al Gbrev Al Bratei Lochas Alai Didi Echichais." If uh, if somebody is not it doesn't have mercy on their son and daughter, how is he going to have mercy on me? In other words, Rabbi Yosi ben Yokrat, Min Yokrat was a very very tough person, very midatadin, uh, the uh, the attribute of justice and judgment and uh, a type of a person, and uh, he was tough even with his own children. Certainly too tough with me, and I couldn't handle it, so I needed to come to a teacher who was more kind and understanding. So what is he talking about? Brimai. He what is the case where he wasn't kind to his own child? Where this Rabbi Yosi. The Minyokrat was not kind of his own child. The Omachad one day, Havu Agirele Agirebe Davar. There was one day that the, um, that he had, uh, uh, the, uh, he had workers. Rabbi Yosef ben the Minyokrat had workers who were out working, uh, in his, uh, in the forest. And, uh, Nagalu, it became dark. And Velo Aitelu Rifta, they didn't bring them food. Normally you're supposed to give a meal. To the uh, to the workers, and uh, no food was brought for the workers to partake of, even though they were outside uh, working all day. And Amulei uh, Lebre, they said to his son. In other words, he wasn't present at the time, so they asked his son for some food. And the son said, um, and son said, because uh, they said to him, Kafenan, they said, Kafenan, we were, uh, we were, we were very hungry. So, they were all sitting underneath a fig tree. So, Amari said, So, he said to the, uh, to the fig tree, please bring forth your fruit, even though it wasn't the right season. This was the son of Rabbi Yossi who says this to the tree. Uh, so that my father's workers can eat. And it happened that uh, figs suddenly sprouted from the tree and all the workers ate. Meanwhile, his father finally showed up. 
He said to the workers, please don't be upset. The reason why I was late is because, he said, because this, the fact that I was late, I was involved in a mitzvah and I was delayed by Hashta, and this was the soonest that I could get back. I finally was able to, uh, to return to uh, be able to feed you. So they said, they said, May Hashem always satisfy you the way that your son satisfied us. In other words, they said to him, don't worry about being late. Your son took care of us. And may Hashem uh, take care of you as well as your son took care of us. He said to them, what did he do? Where, where did he get anything to feed you? So he told them, well, he told the fig tree to give fruit in it, not in its proper time. So he, so he said to his son, you caused Hashem, in other words, you prevailed upon Hashem where you really inconvenienced Hashem, so to speak, to cause this fig tree to bring forth its fruit before its right time. You should be uh, uh, taken away uh, b- before your time, and because of that, his son died uh, young because of that. Because of that happened, so that showed he had a lack of mercy towards his son. What's the case of his daughter? Um, he had a very beautiful daughter, and Yomachad one day saw a certain person. He was cutting through the bushes, making all the bushes, so he could gaze upon the daughter. So he said to him, he said to him, "What are you doing?" He said, "Rabbi, my teacher, if I wasn't fortunate enough to marry your daughter, can I not at least look at her?" Rabbi Yossi Yokrat said to his daughter, you are causing pain to, to God's creation. Return to dust. So people will not err. They will not sin as a result of you. And therefore she died young as well. So he cursed his daughter too, even though she didn't do anything wrong. <clears throat> you see, he's very harsh. And uh, that's why this other Rabbi Yossi didn't want to learn with him anymore. Uh, he had a certain donkey. And uh, this is a... Uh, uh, this is another story about him that doesn't relate to a son or daughter, but he had, an, he had a donkey. The, the, they would always uh, uh, rent it out for the day. And So a person would rent out the donkey for the day and they would send the money back on the top of the donkey. The donkey would carry it back to Rabbi and would come back to its master's house. And if there was too little or too much change on its back, it wouldn't come. One time the person who had rented the donkey left his shoes on it. It wouldn't go out the shakluno until they took it off of her and then the donkey walked. So that's just another point that he was very, very meticulous about making sure for exact change, not to cheat anybody, not to take too much, not to take too little. The certain person, Elazar, uh, a man of Birta, whenever the collectors of Tzedakah would see him, they would hide from him. He would give them everything that he had, even if he couldn't afford it. One day, one day he was going to the Shuk in order to buy a, uh, he had to arrange a dowry for his daughter, get everything that his daughter needed for her wedding. And the collectors of Tzedakah saw him so they hid from him so he wouldn't take all the money that was really supposed to go to his daughter and give it to them. But we ran after them anyway. Amalu said to them, I make you swear to me, what are you collecting money for? We're collecting for an orphan and, an, and a, a two orphans that are getting married and they don't have any money to get married and so we're collecting money for them. Amar he said to them, Ha'avodah, by the temple service, Shein kodmin lebitim, they take precedence over my daughter and Shakal kol dahavabadi, took all of his money that he had with him 
for his daughter, Be'ablo, and he gave it to them. Pash lechad zuza, he had only one zuz left, and, and he said, Zaban lechiti, vasik. So he took, he bought um, some wheat with the one zuz that he had left, and Shadiabak Akaban, he threw it into like a uh, storage uh, shed back at his house. Atayitivitu, when his wife came home, Amrala lebrate, she said to her daughter, My aitavuch, what did your father bring home? For you, Amr Alash said, "Komad aitei ba'akalbashet." Whatever he had, he threw into the shed. I don't know. After the miftach, bava da'akalbash. So they went to open the door to see what it was that he had gotten for her dowry, and they saw that chazat akalbash de malyachiti. They saw that the entire room was packed with wheat. But kanafka b'tzimad dasha was it was coming through the door. It was coming out of the openings in the door. And they couldn't even open the door of the shed because of the wheat blocking it. So the daughter went to the Beit Midrash and she said, Come see what the one who loves you has done for you. Meaning, come see what Hashem has done, what a miracle Hashem has done with this wheat overflowing in your shed. He said, by the temple service, or alayich rather, he said, they are hekdesh to you. You cannot take any more than any poor person in Israel from this wheat. Because since it came from a miracle, we don't want to benefit from it. Only a poor person could benefit from it. So therefore, you should not benefit from it either. Rabbi Yehudah declared a fast. He prayed for uh, rain. It didn't come. He said, what a distance there is between Shmuel and Ramati that whenever he prayed for rain, it would come even if it wasn't the right season. And Yehuda ben Gamliel, that I'm the leader of this generation and what I say doesn't happen. Woe is to the generation. was stuck like this with somebody like me. And woe is to the person that has to see to live at a time like this, where I'm the leader instead of Shmuel. In other words, he humbled himself. He felt very inferior, but because he humbled himself, the rain came. One time the house of the Nasi declared a fast. They didn't inform Rabbi Yochanan They did it independently. In the morning, we did not accept it from the night before, so are we really obligated in the fast? Amalei said, yes. We have to follow them. So since they accept, the community accepted the fast, an individual doesn't have to accept the fast if the community declared it. Tanitan, I'd probably say in each of these cases, gazru, because it's, it's a, a plural. Yeah, it's gazru, uh, a plural. So they, they declared a fast, um, the rain didn't come. The young girl Oshaya taught to them. One of the colleagues of the rabbi said, "And it shall be if from the eyes of the nation something occurred as an accident." And this is referring to the korban that's brought by the Bedina Gadol, who are the leaders, the head court of Israel. When they make a mistake, they have to bring a special korban. If the people follow their mistaken ruling, then they have to bring a korban to atone for that. And they're called Enaida. That if the uh, if from the eyes of the people it is done by accident, they're called the eyes of the people because they enlighten the eyes of the people, and they are the ones who look out for them and who look for them and who perceive things for them and and explain things to them. So if so, it's like a bride in her father's house. If her eyes look nice in you don't have to check the rest of her, but if her eyes look bad, that indicates that her whole body needs to be checked. And in the same way, if the leaders are not good, if their leaders are inferior, that means that the whole nation is sick and needs to be checked out. And therefore, since we are, our leaders of today are inferior, that's why this is happening to us. That's why it says, meaning it's a result of the eyes of the people that something happens by accident. That a sin occurs. Um, so the, the servants of the, 
uh, of the Nasi came. And they started choking him with a uh, handkerchief. And they started cursing at him and bothering him, yelling at him. And, uh, uh, and the... Uh, and so what happened was, because they were insulted, they said, how could you say that the leaders are responsible for what's going on because they're so bad, you're insulting our master, the Nasi. So the people from the town of Rabbi Yoshea said, leave him alone. He bothers us too with all of his criticism. Since we know everything he says is for the sake of heaven, we don't do anything to him. We let him go. You should also let him go because even though you might disagree, even though you might find it offensive, the fact is that he's speaking the truth and he's doing it. One time Rabbi declared a fast and rain didn't come. So Ilfa went to pray. Some say it was Rabbi Ilfi. When he said the words in the prayer, the wind blew. When he said Hashem brings down the rain, the rain came. He said to him, My Ovadach, what do you do that you have such a zakhut that your prayer is answered so fast? I live in a very poor neighborhood. They don't have any wine for Kiddush and Havdalah. And I go and bring wine for Kiddush and Havdalah. And I make sure to fulfill everyone's mitzvah, whoever doesn't have the wine. I'm able to do the Kiddush and Havdalah for them to make sure everyone fulfills the mitzvah. And that's my zechut. Rab was in a certain neighborhood. He declared a fast and the rain didn't come. A certain chazan went to lead the prayers. So for some reason, Rab's tefillot weren't powerful enough. But this chazan, his tefillot were answered. Because when he said, the wind blew. When he said, the rain came down. So he said to him, what did you do to have such a zechut? I teach children the Torah, and I teach the poor and the rich equally. I teach everyone. Anybody who can pay. I don't take anything. I don't take any money from him. Also have fish in a pan. And any kid that doesn't show up, he's a bad kid, doesn't want to show up. So I send him some yummy fish and I bribe him. And I set things up for him, and I appease him until he comes back and goes back to learning again. In other words, I make an extra effort, not just do I teach the kids, but I actually entice them to be involved in the learning, whatever I need to do. One time Rav Nachman declared a fast. He prayed, no rain came. I said, take Nachman, throw him from a wall to the ground. He felt, he felt inferior because he was, his filot were not being answered. And Vatamitran rain came because of that. Rabbah, it says in our text, Rabbah, it says it should say, Again, he declared a fast, prayed, and no rain came. They said, In a previous generation, when he would declare a fast, the rain would come. Right? What can I do? If it's because of their learning of that generation, our level of learning today is greater than those generations. Because in the years of Rabbi Yehuda, of Rabbi Yehuda rather, all they learned was Seder Nizikin. The laws related to civil matters. And we learn all six orders of the Mishnah. In other words, we learn the entire Shas. And one Rabbi Yehuda would come to Okatin to the last uh, 
uh, to the end of the Masechet uh, where it has all the complicated matters of Tuma uh, Vetara. And it would come to these halachot, like the woman who is, uh, who is pickling a, uh, a vegetable in a pot. She's, um, uh, which is towards the, which is in Masechet um, Tarot. It says, uh, it, uh, she says, uh, um, yeah, and, um, some say, or the halacha about a, uh, about, uh, uh, olives that are, uh, uh, that are uh, pickled in the uh, with their leaves at their tower. In other words, these are all halachot that have to do with. Um, uh, it's not. It, it's a. What they would do is they would leave it, and um, as she explains here that what they would do was they would leave it so that the liquid seeped out of it and it would dry and it would stay. It's not really pickling, but it's sort of like in order to preserve it for a long time, they would they would they would squeeze it basically. So that the uh, kovesh means actually to press down. They press down on it to make sure the juice came out so they would dry it and they would preserve it. So the point is that the um, the question is whether the leaves are considered part of it, not considered part of it, and so on. All these technicalities about the relationship between parts that are inedible, parts that are edible of fruits and vegetables are technicalities of, of uh, laws of purity. And whenever in the years of Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda they would come to it, um, they would, he would say, Amar, he would say, I see here the uh, arguments of Rav and Shmuel. Now, obviously, Rav Yudah lived before Rav and Shmuel. But the idea is that he would say, these are like complicated, really difficult questions, really complex areas. And we, we have 13 yeshivot where they're studying these masechtot nowadays. Right, but so in terms of learning, we're superior. But but when Rav Yehuda would take off one of his shoes as at a fast, all of a sudden the rain would come. And we cry out all day long, and nobody listens to us. If you're going to tell me, it's about our behavior. If you've seen something we've done wrong, tell us. Right, but what can the leaders of a generation do when their generation is not up to the level? In other words, according to this interpretation, the reason is the reason why they didn't see the kinds of miracles, uh, the kinds of response from heaven that they did in past generations wasn't because the learning was less and it wasn't because the behavior was lower level, it was because of the leaders, it was because the people at large were of a lower quality, of a lower level. And uh, this is a different answer than what's given in Masechet Bachot, where this discussion is raised as well. The same question is raised as well there. We're not going to get on the sidetrack, but it's interesting to look at how the Gemara uh, answers the question in two different contexts when this uh, issue is uh, is brought up. But be that as it may, Rav Yehuda, Chazahan hum beritre Rav Yehuda saw two people who were throwing their bread, they were wasting bread. It must be that there's a great uh, a plenty in the world. If people are playing with bread, they're throwing it around. He looked with his eyes and there was a famine. So he saw that people were not appreciating their food. So he he caused there to be a famine so that people would appreciate their food again. So they, so the, the rabbis spoke to Rav Kana, the son of Rav Nechunya, who was the attendant of Rav Yehuda, 
And he said, the Shachiach Kamei, who was always around him, he says, They said, make sure he goes outside so he can see what's going on in the shuk. He can see what's going on in the marketplace. So, they, uh, so what happened was that uh, they, uh, the attendant got him to go outside and to see what was going on. And he saw, he saw that there was a lot of people milling around, right? He said, what is this? Everyone's standing around and fighting over one container of dates that there is to buy. They come is the bin. That's for sale. He said, there must be a famine in the world if everyone's fighting over one box of dates. He said to his attendant, take off my shoes. When one shoe came off, the rain came. When he went to take off the other one, came. The Holy One, blessed be He, has said, If you take off another shoe, I'm going to destroy the world. Either that means because you're, the distress that you're experiencing is so great in the eyes of Hashem, He'll destroy the world rather than you being depressed or distressed by it. Or simpler meaning is that there will be so much rain if you take off two shoes that it will just, it'll flood the world. It will be counterproductive. But this small act of teshuvah, of uh, self-affliction by this great tzaddik, was enough to bring about a change. Rav Mori, the son of the daughter of Shmuel, said, I was once standing on the uh, bank of the river Papa, and I saw angels that looked like sailors. They came they, they were angels that looked like like uh, they were sailors, and they were taking sand and filling it, the boats with sand. And it was turning into perfect flour. Everyone wanted to buy this flour that came on these boats, but he said to him, Don't buy from this, because because it's a miracle thing. There's some miracle just happened here that this flour came here. It's not natural, it's supernatural. He said, Tomorrow there will be... Um, there will be a uh, uh, flower coming from Parzina, and you can buy that. But don't buy this miracle flower. Don't benefit from the uh, from the miracle. He declared a fast, and no water came. Amalu, he said, Everybody, don't break the fast because after the fast of the day, uh, the rain still hadn't come. He said, stay overnight in the fast. And uh, come back tomorrow. Lemachar, Amar Lui said to them in the morning, Mi kada chazachel madari, but he see a dream last night. Lema, say it. Amar Lui, Rabbi Elazar Mehagonia, Rabbi Elazar Mehagonia said, Lididi akaryun, I was, it was called out to me in my dream. Bechelmi, Shalam tav, Lirav tav, Meribon tav, which is uh, good peace to the good teacher from the good master, meaning Hashem is sending a message to this person, that uh, there's going to be peace, there's going to be good. So what did that mean? So it said, oh, and then it said, I'm sorry, that uh, that from his goodness is going to be good to his entire people. Amar I said, from that dream you could see, it must be a good time, an auspicious time for tefillah. So, so therefore, let us pray. So, they they uh, prayed and the rain came. A certain person who needed to be whipped in the Bet Din of Rava because he had relations with the non-Jew and he should have been whipped. So Nagdeh Rava vamit. And what happened was that Rava whipped him but he died. 
Now this is going to be very controversial because because now the non-Jewish king hears that they whipped somebody for having relations with a non-Jew and that could be very insulting to non-Jews to think that you would kill somebody basically, um, which is what happened here because he had relations with a non-Jew. So he wanted to punish Rabbah, but his mother said to him, she said to her son, don't get involved at all with the Jews. Because whatever they ask from God, he does for them. Amar Allah, he said to her, Mayhi, what are you talking about? If they, uh, she, so she said, if they, if they ask for rain, it'll, it'll come. Amar I said to her, That's because it's the time of the rain. Let's see if they can ask for rain right now, in the middle of Tammuz, in the middle of the summer, and the rain will come. That will show that God is with them. So, so, uh, so um, the mother of the king sent to Ravah, Focus your mind, and pray that rain would come. But it didn't work. He wasn't able to get the rain to come. Amar said, Amar He said before Hashem, Master of the world, God, with our ears we've heard, our forefathers have told us. Um, that uh, you, uh, things that you did in their days, in the days of old. So, but we haven't seen such miracles that you showed older generations. So, suddenly rain came. Until the gutters of Tipori were... Pouring into the diglat into the river. In other words, there was an overflow of rain. And it was the middle of the summer. Normally, there's no rain at all, not a drop of rain during that time. But it happened because of his tefillah, and uh, and uh, that he asked for a miracle and to show that Hashem was really with them. And atavua, um, then his father came. It chazel lebchelme in a dream. He saw him in a dream. And Vamarle said to him, Is there somebody who's causing so much trouble and imposing so much in heaven like this to cause rain to come during the summer? He said to him, You better change the place that you sleep. He changed the place where he slept. The next morning he saw that the bed that he normally slept on was full of knives because the demons, according to Rashi, came to punish him. In other words, there was a punishment destined to come upon him because he uh, caused the laws of nature to be violated in such an egregious way. Rav Papa declared a fast and rain did not come. He became ill on the fast. And Sarav Pinchad Daisa, so he had a, uh, uh, some, um, some Daisa, he had some like oatmeal uh, to break the fast because he wasn't feeling well as a result of the, uh, as a result of the, uh, uh, you know, the fasting and all the praying. And so he had some oatmeal to uh, make him feel better. And then what happened was, so then, and then he prayed again, and uh, the rain still didn't come. And it says on the side that it should say, Okay, but uh, either way, Said Maybe if you have another gulp of the daisa oatmeal, maybe the rain will come. He was embarrassed because he made fun of him basically that he was eating when everyone else was fasting. and he felt humbled. And then the rain came. So what we see from here is many many examples of the chachamim who, when they are humbled by something, when the humility that they experience and they are they are. 
they're put into a state of modesty and humility that is really genuine because if something happens, that can actually be the zechud that affects the rain and cause rain to come. Rabbi Chanina ben Tosa Hava Kazil Bocha. Rabbi Chanina ben Tosa was traveling on the way. Atam it started raining. Amar lefana v'bonos shalolam. He said, Master of the world, Kol Olam Kol Benachat Chanina v'tzar. The entire world is happy, but I'm in pain. Pasak mitra. So then the rain stopped. Kima talabete. When he got home, he said, Amar lefana v'bonos shalolam. Kol Olam Kol Benachat Chanina v'nachat. He said, The whole world is suffering now because there's no rain and they need it outside. You know, I'm in a good place because I'm home. So the rain came again. The prayer of the Kohen Gadol is no match for that of Hanina Bedosa. Why? Because the time we learned in the Mishnah, that when the Kohen Gadol would come out of the Kodesh Kodeshim into the outer chamber, he would say a, sm- a short prayer. What would he say? Ravin Barada and Rav Barada said together in the name of Yehuda. He told me to finish Hashem Elokenu Shetei Hashana Zo Geshuma Ushchuna. They would say, "May this year be a a rainy and hot year." Shchuna Ma'alitei. Is it really good for it to be so hot? No, what it meant. Adar Rav Yehudai. It could be negative. So Ella Im Shchuna Degeshuma. If it's going to be a hot year, it should be rainy. Utlula with a lot of dew and moisture. And then the Kohen Gadol would also say, "Do not let the." prayers of people traveling come before you to stop the rain because people who are traveling don't want the rain but the fields need the rain it's more important to to uh, consider the parnasa of the people than a person's inconvenience um so the uh, but and yet you see that Rabbi Chanadab and Dosa was able to stop the rain for his own convenience. Another thing that the Kohen Gadol would say in the in the Kodesh Kodeshim when he came out was do not allow the uh, uh, the leadership, the position of political leadership and power to depart from the house of Yehuda. They wanted that to continue. And don't cause the Jewish people to have to depend on each other for or on any other nation for uh, for its sustenance. In other words, they should be financially independent. The idea is that uh, that Rabbi Chanina ben Dosa had this such a zechud that even though the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur would ask for the tefilot of people traveling on the way not to be answered when it came to Rabbi Chanina ben Dosa that was not the case his tefilot were answered even to the detriment of the people and that's why he had to then ask Hashem to resume the rain so the people would not be actually affected uh, in any significant way Bezrat Hashem will continue here tomorrow and there will be some more stories of Rabbi Chanina ben Dosa